Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cybersecurity Matters Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me as always is Mr. Thunder and Lightning himself, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. How are you doing? I am I'm good. Can't T- complain. Today's <laughs> not the day where I tell you I'm not doing yeah. <laughs> Maybe next time. Yeah. Uh, who, who is our guest today? Well, her name is Stephanie Drysdale, and she is from Chicago, Illinois, and her company is called Prescient. I think it's going to be really, I think it's be a really interesting conversation. So we will take a momentary pause here. We'll bring Stephanie on, and we'll see how the conversation goes. Sounds great. Let's do it. So Stephanie Drysdale from Chicago, Illinois, welcome to Cybersecurity Matters today. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. So our time is going to go by so quickly today, I can just tell. And so I want to get right into it here um, this afternoon. Um, Tell us about yourself and how you got into this field. What's your um, kind of career narrative um, to get you where you are today? So it was actually uh, quite a a lovely accident. Uh, I was uh, approached by a headhunter on LinkedIn and asked me to come talk to the people at Prescient. Uh, At the time I was in the commercial real estate business and not really actively looking for anything, but uh, what he had to say was really intriguing. So I went and spent the morning with them. I always tell the, the funny story that I had laryngitis at the time and I uh, could barely speak. I, I was sounding a little bit more like Barry White than myself <laughs> and ended up going to talk to them and just loved them. Like I really didn't care what they did at the time. I just loved them. And as uh, it progressed and we got further into this, we started with due diligence and investigations and uh, a duty of care tool called Traveler, Pressure Traveler. And uh, after we divested that, we decided as a company that cyber was where we wanted to pivot. And I just naturally took to that team and that that whole industry. And it was a really easy transition from the security contacts that I was talking to. Uh, and we've just grown that practice. And it's it's just been a really exciting ride. I've been very fortunate to have very generous mentors. Very, very cool. The the, the uh, and, um, and you and I first connected on, on LinkedIn, uh, uh, Stephanie, and you know I always appreciate your your awesome weekly recaps. Um, I was w- wondering in terms of uh, even just the motivation behind uh, behind that. You know, is is that something which in terms of getting that security message out or cybersecurity message out to you know non technical non security people? Um, how important is that to be able to have that messaging? Uh, resonate with them and using the format that you have with with your weekly uh, recap so that that was again another kind of happy accident you know we I had my leadership at Prescient as well as uh, people outside the industry talk to me about you know do you want to write a blog do you want to ghostwrite something or um, you know what can you do to you know leverage this this great LinkedIn network to you know promote what we do to have conversations to you know further the dialogue and we decided in the fall of of the year before covid that we would we would start doing something and kind of set up everything chuck harold you know reached out to me we were um fortunate enough to meet at gsx um, which hopefully will be back in person and fun and amazing again this year and uh, we just decided to kick it off January 1st and had no idea what COVID would do. But 
the whole point was to loop additional people into some really great, fun, enlightening conversations that I was fortunate enough to have through my position at Prescient um, with the people I work with, with the people that, you know, I am fortunate enough to, to call friends and clients to really kind of let them be a fly on the wall and listen and learn and benefit in the way that I felt I had. That, that's terrific. And in, 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 in terms of, um, you know, at least from the cybersecurity perspective and the cybersecurity portfolio of Prescient, um, what, what type of organizations or types of clients or customers uh, uh, do, do you focus on or, or you guys uh, help? So it really does range. It's, it's a huge range, everything from a very small private equity shop to a Fortune 10. Um, it, it really, you know, the due diligence practice deals with a lot of law firms and a lot of compliance departments and, and M&A, you know, venture capital shops. The investigations practice, we deal with a lot of security teams of all sizes. Um, you know, with litigation support, again, general counsel and all of that, um, all sizes. Cyber, of course, it's a, a hugely broad thing. We, we deal with family offices or companies who were protecting um, the most recognizable executives in the industry um, for their digital presence. Um, and then Intel, you know, those those are supporting teams of people who travel, who need travel intel, um, legal teams for opposition research. So it really covers a huge, huge gamut. There's a couple of things I want to cover. So just talking first about companies, the, the clients that you work with and the sectors that you work in, what are the what are the actual cyber threats that they're they're facing right now? What are their biggest concerns and what are your biggest concerns for them that you guys are trying to protect them from? It's twofold, right? You've got the teams that know exactly what they need and, and what they want. And then you've got also teams who maybe came from a background that was, you know, a little bit more analog, you know, a little bit more physical heavy or a little bit more, you know, technology heavy in terms of, you know, guns, guards, gates kind of thing. Um, what we do is really start the conversations and do a whole lot of listening try to figure out, you know, where you're at. Do you even know what modern capabilities exist that we can help with? Because a lot of times we're finding that people don't even realize what can be done. So to be able to, you know, ask the questions and get those teams talking, you know, I think is probably the more, you know, um, important focus, at least for me to get to what it is that we're going to do. It could be, you know, anything from executive digital protection where they're coming to us saying, you know, hey, we've got an executive and we want his privacy restored. You know, we've, we're getting some SWAT calls or we're getting, you know, people trying to fish them or, you know, a sextortion plot or whatever. So it's just us coming in wherever they're at, you know, as either a preventative kind of thing or as a, a reactive kind of uh, protection or, or, you know, safeguard that we're trying to put in place. And that was actually my second question with the executive digital protection program there. You're protecting individuals and their families from, from digital and physical threats. And I find that really interesting. What does that look like on the physical side? So, it, it, I mean, and I love that you touched on that, right? So it's a convergence, you know, where there's information in the digital world that can be used, but it can be used in so many ways. So if, if I, someone wants to choose to attack me, you know, they can choose a reputational attack or a physical attack, or they can choose to send me an email and fish me or, 
uh, you know, pretend to be someone else and trick me into doing something through social engineering, they could intercept me at a, a location because maybe they realize what flight I'm going to be on. So it really is like looking at that digital presence through the lens of, uh, you know, our, you know, background came from the intelligence community. So taking that lens and saying, if I wanted to attack, what could I use? You know, both uh, through open source information as well as dark web and take that information. It could be just as harmless, seemingly harmless as, you know, a breach from Drizzly when I, you know, decided to, to order a bottle of wine and all of a sudden Drizzly, Drizzly has a breach and I've got the credentials and the, the driver's license number of someone. How can I use that? Um, and how can I couple it with open source information from data aggregators that tell me where my home address is, you know, and then bring that all together. Now, all of a sudden, the digital threat became a physical one. Wow. Yeah, I, I know you mentioned the word, word converging there. And um, when, we're, when we're thinking about the inter- the evolution and ongoing evolution of threats and even something like, like ransomware as an example, um, do, you, do you see um, issues like um, like negotiation with the ransomware? Is that something that, that people are asking more about? You know, I've, I've read different articles how you know, that there's people who specialize in negotiating with the cyber criminals uh, around uh, ransomware. It's almost like how there was a rise of people who would negotiate with kidnappers back when kidnapping was, was uh, I use the word popular, but that's not the right word, but when kidnapping became uh, more of a thing. Um, is that do you see that becoming more of a tactic in terms of uh, negotiating with, with with the ransomware operators? It's a, it's an unfortunate part of ransomware, right? That that to get your stuff back that way, you you have to be willing to at least engage in certain right. situations. Um, obviously, the FBI has really highly recommended people not engage in those discussions. Um, but a lot of companies are are faced with a do or die. You know, if I don't, what happens? And it, it may be that their business would cease to exist. It might be that they could quickly get back up and running with, you know, the various backup systems that they've put in place. But if the, the information and the data is sensitive enough, they may still, as a protective measure to to the, the protected information that they had, whether it be clients or employees or, or you know partners, that they may still choose to pay the ransom just simply to avoid the exposure, which again, when you're negotiating with criminals, there's no guarantee that you're gonna get the information back in its entirety or that they're not still going to try to use it against you. And we read about that kind of stuff you know, almost daily. That's really, really great in- insight, uh, Stephanie. And, you know, even pulling back and looking at what we're seeing with like mainstream media as an example, I mean, we're, we're seeing stories like the ransomware that hit the JBS, the meat packaging uh, uh, processing plant and the Colonial Pipeline. Uh, I-, I imagine we're going to keep seeing some of these very large, high profile uh, stories um, more and more, at least with the people that, that you're interacting with. Do you see cyber risk management and cybersecurity being more um, are more frequently discussed at, at boardrooms and, and among executives? I do. And I see, you know, I see people more willing to learn. You know, it seemed at certain points early on that there was a, a reticence for people to, whether it be just being too prideful to admit that I don't understand or just not really wanting to have that discussion or, or you know, put forth that spend in the budget. 
I think now people are realizing in, in you know on board level and C-suite level, this is a conversation that we have to have. If we're going to work hard to bring in revenue, you know, it makes no sense for it to just go out the back door for ransomware. So to protect the wealth we're building, to protect the growth, this this is just the safety net that has to be put in place and to sit down with the board and have them know how to have those questions, to hire the team and put the right people in the right positions to have the business acumen to communicate that in a way that is, you know, cyber uh, slash executive friendly rather than just being like tech speak, you know, or just being, you know, bottom line dollar. It really has to come together where people are, are able to say, I don't understand what that means. You know, walk me through that. What does that translate into? Um, and then for the, the IT staff to be able to say, you know, this is what it translates into for you, you know, and for our business as a whole. This is what happens without it. This is the dollar amount that this equates to without it. That's such amazing, amazing wisdom, Stephanie. I mean, the, um, I know we're running tight on time. Did you, did you have one more question? I do. And it, it kind of, uh, we'll wind it up in just a moment here, but uh, related to that, so we're talking about the discussions in the boardroom and among executives. They're also obviously in a cybersecurity defense. There needs to be awareness among the, the staff of an organization as well. How important do you think that is? And how do you actually deliver that? What What is your mechanism and your uh, message for the, for your clients when it comes to awareness? You know, there are a lot of really great, talented people in the space that teach security awareness training. I think that if you compare, you know, uh, the technology of like multi-factor authentication to something like social engineering, you know, I think we can all agree that social engineering will win every single time. You can put multi-factor on every device you own but if one person clicks something that's a phishing scam, it, it's done. You know, it's they're in. I think that my my goal in what we do, you know, since we don't technically provide security awareness training on uh, a level that that some really brilliant, great companies do, my goal is through executive digital protection. When I debrief executives specifically, or when we do the the Friday recaps to just open up the conversation, get people talking about this in a way that they understand that this is not one department's solution. This is everybody's problem. If you touch a device, then you're responsible. If you click links, if you have a phone, if you have a laptop, if you have a desktop, if, if you have even you know any kind of smart device at all, like you need to be aware of how this works. And especially now that we're all working from home, you know, the segmentation isn't quite there as it would be if we were in the office and our, our IT team were kind of taking care of everything for us. You know, your home router is probably like having uh, work information pass through it. You know, is it safe? Do you know if it's safe? So opening that conversation to me is probably the important part. And then maybe directing people to resources like yourself and like other really great, helpful people in the industry that can help them, you know, resource the things that they need to, you know, to put those protections in place if it's not something that that we do. Well said, Stephanie. We really appreciate you opening up those conversations. Yeah. It's such an important part of the communication chain. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank, Stephanie, thank you again so much on behalf of Christian. I, that was an absolutely amazing conversation. Thank you so much for 
the carving time of your schedule to, to chat with us today on, on the po- podcast. Thank you again so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Chris and I will be right back to, to wrap up today's episode. That was another brilliant conversation on the podcast. Um, what were your thoughts with what Stephanie had to say? Yeah, I really appreciated the convo. I think, you know, a couple of things that really hit home for me is in a, in a ransomware situation, it's really a, a do or die for a company. And so you want to work that equation backwards from the event to what would you do now to prepare? And the fact is, as Stephanie said, that it's not uh, just one department's responsibility. Uh, And usually that department is expected to be IT. It's everybody's responsibility and organization to look after cybersecurity and do their part. Uh, Absolutely, you know, and and, I think she hit on a lot of great notes. And uh, for me, one of the things I I highly recommend people do is uh, follow her on LinkedIn, check out her weekly recaps. She does a really good job of recapping uh, mainstream cybersecurity stories in the way that the six o'clock news doesn't. So mm-hmm. highly recommend that. But uh, yes. I want to thank Stephanie for, for joining us today. And uh, as always, thank our loyal listeners and viewers for spending part of their time, uh, part of their day with, with us as well. Uh, if you're a fan of the video portion or video version of the podcast, please do uh, subscribe to the YouTube uh, channel for the Cybersecurity Matters the new podcast, YouTube our new YouTube channel. Th- thank you. <laughs> and uh, if you're someone who prefers audio only, uh, please do subscribe uh, on your preferred uh, podcasting platform. Uh, but as always, uh, be well and be safe. And we will catch you again next time on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. <laughs>